you for the ability to worship. Yes. The chance to worship you together. And we were talking in the beginning about the songs that we have. And, uh, you know, that's what, why I, I love to worship because we can sing the old songs, but we also can worship in the spirit and sing a new song to the Lord. Right. You know, and we can sing in, this, in tongues, singing in the spirit also and bypass our minds and let our spirits connect with the Father. And uh, I am just, just thankful for that. You know, thankful for the musicians that we have. You know, that you, you lead us and you escort us. You know, and the worship leaders and all of that. And we come together. So we, we I bless this, we bless. Before I read uh, Ephesians 5, I thought about reading this uh, verses that I, I think we read last Sunday, but I want to read it again, Colossians 3, 11 to 17. Uh, 12. No, 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 wait. Twelve says, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, which, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Uh, so this is important because, you know, in verse 11 that I, I did not read, it says, verse 10, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewing which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, slave and free man, but all, Christ is all and in all. And to me, this is important because of something that uh, Debbie read to me yesterday of this uh, doctor. She's Caroline, Caroline Leaf. And she 
wrote this thing here. Let me get it. Manage your expectations instead of trying to always manage their behavior. We are always, you know, when we come together, and that's what Paul is saying here in the Colossians, saying, bearing with one another. <laughs> Expect that you're not going to be able to manage their behavior. <laughs> but you're going to have to be patient and loving and long-suffering. You know, and, but you can manage your expectation. You can manage your reaction to people's behaviors. But you cannot really try to manage everybody's behaviors, what they will do and what they will say. The problem is that when a lot of times I have too great of an expectation, or I am deluding myself thinking that that person will change, <laughs> you know, or I hope that they will change, but maybe I need to change. And I need to change my, my expectations or my reactions to what's going on. You know, and a lot of times, that's what was going on here. Paul was saying, hey, we're all going to come together here with all of our differences, all of our different cultural, social backgrounds, even religions, Gentiles and Jews and slaves. And, but you're going to have to live together in unity and in love. Put on the love that's the bond of unity. So I bless that for us because... Life is really hard when we try to manage others. <laughs> but we can only manage our own spirits. So that's what I think that we are looking for. And we bless that for us. So I, I, I was reading Ephesians 5 this morning. And I, I went back and I did a, a search the word walk in Ephesians, in the whole book of Ephesians, is used seven times. So I heard that before. It's like the seven walks of Ephesians. So I'm going to read chapter 5. Are you walk, or walk? walk. Yeah. Walk, like physically. Yeah, yeah. So for, for instance, here, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 says... And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that's now working in the sons of disobedience. Then verse 10 he says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So he was talking about your walk with God and the way that you walk, the way that you live your life, right? So there's the seven walks of Ephesians. So is it not used to examine yourself in the Bible? I think it is. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that Paul is really emphasizing this. In, in only six chapters, he's really like, watch the way that you walk. Mm -hmm. And we're going to read that this morning. In, in Ephesians 5. It, just in Ephesians 5, there's like three mentions of walk. So let's do it. Therefore, Ephesians 5, 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. 
just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what's pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, and everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you, on you. Then again, verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. A little pause here. Why are we doing this? You know, I, I'm, we are looking for things to take home. You know, things that will create the walk that Paul is talking about. Things that we are going to, that we can manage. <laughs> I cannot manage others, but I can manage my anticipations, my expectations. I can manage my reactions. You know, so I can, you know, say, hey, that person has behaved like that for 40 years. Why am I all of a sudden expecting that person to behave differently? You know, maybe what needs to happen is I need to manage my expectations 
and, and come in unity with long-suffering, with patience, with love, with forgiveness, ready, you know, to be, uh, again, maybe challenged. You know, like we were joking a, a few weeks ago, like, you know, you, you have to prepare yourself to get on a plane today, right? It's all the struggle and, the, the, you know, the TSA and, and then, you know, people bothering you and people, babies crying, you know. So you just have to go, okay, I'm going to manage my reaction. Even before I get upset, I'm going to be ready in my own heart and my spirit to come into an atmosphere where I know things are going to happen, but I'm, I'm going to manage my reactions to that. And that's what I think in all the letters, Paul is saying, hey, you, work it out. I know that there's divisions and problems and relationship issues, but you guys need to be loving and forgiving as the Lord forgave and loved you, right? So why are we doing this? We want to take this home and change the way that we walk. Okay. Yeah, I love that translation, right? Okay, and then this last part of the chapter five, it is interesting, and I'm, I, don't, I don't think a lot of times people use it the right way, but in verse 32, Paul says, this mystery is great. So let's read this knowing that this is a mystery, okay? Uh, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that all that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two 
shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So it's interesting here because um, there is a one thing called reading from the scriptures. There's another thing called reading into the scriptures. <laughs> you know, so there's a, a lot of people that they like to read what they want into the scriptures. So they pick up a verse like this, you know, uh, uh, wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and everybody says, and all the men say, amen. <laughs> right? But then you forget the whole other side of the, the love and the relationship and the commitment. And he's saying, he's, the mystery that he's saying here, I think, is like, these relationships should reflect the relationship between Jesus and the church. You know, and, and the church should be subject to Jesus because of everything that he did for the church. You know, and so, but it's because of what he did. You know, and then the abuse of authority a lot of times comes from the man in authority saying, you need to listen to me in everything that I tell you, you have to do. But that's not really what this whole thing is saying here. It's saying, just like Christ gave his life, you know, the husbands also should give their lives to nourish and cherish their wives. So I think that that's always, you know, that's a, a human tendency that we read a lot. A lot of times people take out from the scriptures what they want and how it can benefit them without really reading in the context and the mystery that's really behind it. Because the, the whole thing about the Bible, like we know, is all about the fulfillment of the living word becoming flesh. It's all about Christ coming and re reconciling us to, to a relationship with the Father Creator and restoring the... Uh, the right relationships that there should be among all of the, everybody, you know, among different races, different genres, you know, every, everybody, you know, and that's what, again, the word unity is repeated in Ephesians several times, and, and so we talked about that last week. You start with the unity of the Spirit, and then you mature and you grow into the unity of the faith, right? So, Lord, help us. Help us that we, we grow in, in our ability to be one because you gave your life for us to be one. And, and, and to me, that's exactly where I think that we, we the take-home message, you know, is that Paul is trying to send a message to the church is that in Christ that all is over. Yeah. 
It should be over. You know, and because in, in reality, it should be over from the time that they got the Ten Commandments in, in Mount Sinai. Because if you read that, the, the Ten Commandments are like four commandments, how you relate to God, and six commandments, how you relate to one another. You know, and, and, but because of our refusal to relate properly to everybody, then you need the laws and the laws and the laws and the laws and the laws. And then you, you use the laws according to your own interpretation. But what you should do is like Christ said, in these two commandments, you fulfill all the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor. You know, and that's what I think Paul is saying here. So anyway, I'm going to... I put a, all the seven walks of Ephesians together to conclude this, okay? Then next week we read uh, chapter 6. And if you want, I can make a copy of this. So Ephesians 2, 1 to 2 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and of the spirit that's now working in the sense of disobedience. So that's how you used to work, walk, and you're not supposed to walk like that anymore, right? Then chapter 2, verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Okay, so there are things that we should be walking in, and that's what Paul is saying. This is... The way that you used to walk, now you should not walk like that anymore. This is how you walk. Then Ephesians 4.1, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you, <laughs> I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Right? I think that's pretty strong from Paul, from prison, ready to die, to be killed, and he's imploring the church, it's like, this is what I am imploring you, walk in this way, right? And then we know that Ephesians 4 is all about the maturity and oneness, is speaking the truth to one another in love, that's how you grow, that's how you, you mature, you're not being moved by every wind of doctrine, you know, <clears throat> so verse uh, 17, chapter 4. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for, for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a, a fragrant aroma. Ephesians 5, 7 to 10. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And 5, 15, 16, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, 
making the most of your time because the days are evil. We bless this because with what you're saying, Bill, it's so easy to bring the culture into the church when the church should be a different culture. It, It should be a completely different without the hierarchy, without that, that, you know, my way or the highway, <laughs> you know, or you, you manage people's behaviors. No, you expect them to grow up, but you, you give them space to grow up and you teach them, you equip them, but expect people to make mistakes, like in a family. You know, and then I'm reading this book, Slowly, very slow. And uh, the word for goodness, the goodness of the Lord, the word for good in Hebrew is tov, T-O-V. So this is a church called tov, forming a goodness culture that resists abuses of power and promotes healing. You know, and to me, I think that that's the take-home message that I want to take from us reading all these epistles, the New Testament. It's like, how can we create a culture that reflects what Christ wants in that new culture? It's like his kingdom is a different culture. It's not the culture that we bring from from Brazil, from Israel, or America, or, you know, but it is a culture that will reflect his love for the church and the church's ability to create this goodness culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I, what I, I'm, I think what we are looking for, like we heard so many times, the kingdom's relationships. You know, but how do we relate? And how do we create that atmosphere? You know, you know some people would probably have a hard, hard time with morality also. You know, but, but we all know what we're saying. Like how can we create this atmosphere where we learn to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, in a manner that we, we, we build one another up by speaking the truth in love. And a lot of times we are very fast and quick to speak the truth, but we all know that the truth is Jesus. <laughs> it's not my understanding. You know, you know my, the truth about My, my, my wife, for instance, it is to be discovered, you know, because I, it's, as I relate to her, 
I'm going to find more and more of the truth of who she is according to God's eyes. Does it make sense? But what she is today is not the complete picture. So it is a process of opening our eyes to find the truth. And when we we talk about speaking the truth in love, we we come with a little box (laughs) of what we understand as being the truth and or a lot of times it's, it's based on facts that also can be interpreted with my own eyes and my own conditionings. You know, so when I think when Paul is saying, speaking the truth in love is you're being God's voice, God's mouth to speak God's word in love over that person and being co-creators with God, but not being managing or controlling or abusing others because of your own interpretation. So I think that when we, <clears throat> when we come to create this place, <clears throat> the, the intention is to be co-creating one another Amen. in relationships, in love, and, and a lot of times we, we take discipline or correction or exhortation, but it has to be like we all grow together in the Lord. And that, to me, is what I want to be a part of. <laughs> I want to be a part of this a church called Tove, <laughs> where the, the love of the Lord prevails. It's almost like a new anointing of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like he's changed a bit and wanting to participate in blessing, that's the way I know how to put it, this goodness, this, this total, because we have enough of him in us that if somehow we can drop the managing or our expectations that might not be correct, uh, it's not meant to condemn, it's just that it's really taking on the mind of Christ. Yes. Uh, even though we may not see it that way, it is an avenue for him then to um, change us to what he wants our thinking to be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And trusting the process that he's leading us, even through growing pains, when if you don't change your expectation, he will come and change for you. Yeah, because in a way to like empty, and so he, he can give us more. Yeah. Right. And, and make us grow in love and grow. In, in, in the knowledge of him and growing in all the things that he freely gives to us, but, but if you have to trust out the journey, right? It's as he's leading us, and we're all, can I say this, old enough and been through enough that, that we have a, an awareness of the flexibility that it's going to require because we know what we've all been through. He's been doing it in and through us so this is just another, we give ourselves to you, Lord. We, we draw this, we want to be one in the way you want us to be one. And so we draw together, Father, with everything that we have to yield ourselves to the new day once again that you want to bring to us. It doesn't matter how many people are here, how many people are not here, 
Nothing. It doesn't matter. It has to start somewhere. With even one person. You know? Yeah. God is so good. God is good. And to me, you know, I... I Tov. Uh, to me, what I want, this is my heart. You know, it's like, this is like based on the uh, people that were hurt in church. <laughs> you know, and, and so how to create an atmosphere where people are not going to be hurt or they, they even may be healed. And then the church should be almost like a, a hospital, <laughs> you know, a, a healing place that people are taking care of, you know, and to me, that's what I want to, this place to be. You know, it's a place that we, we will be, because of what we have been through and what we have learned, you know, what you freely received, you give, you know, and then you, you give this space for people to come and, and be healed in that process because of the goodness of the Lord, because of the, the, the love, because of the acceptance, because of the forgiveness, you know, and, and, and I really believe that, you know, a lot of people, you know, we, we, we were not the only ones or the first ones to go through what we went through, you know, but I, what I, that's, it doesn't say anything, but what can we do with that? You know, how can we, we bless others, you know, with that heart of the Lord? So like you're saying, Lord, help us, feel us, you know, because that, that's your heart for everybody. Speaking of that, you know, it's like uh, Isaiah, I'm not better than my father's. <laughs> you know, so how can we do something like that? I, 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 I just start with the humility to say we can't. Right. <laughs> you know, because it is in my nature to sin, to repeat the same things that I, you know, hurt people, hurt people, <laughs> right? And, and we, 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 from our upbringing, our culture, nationality, we, we keep repeating the cycles, right? So that's why... We, we're doing all of this because we, we come and say, Lord, put on Christ. You know, before I, I enter in any relationship, I have to put on Christ because I don't want to put myself in that relationship. I don't want to bring my conditionings in that relationship. I don't want to bring even my, my wounds and my memories in, into that relationship because it's just going to keep repeating the same thing. Right? And that, that's why it's the curse of humanity. You know, and that's why Christ came to give us the opportunity to break that curse and break that cycle. But you have to put on the mind of Christ. You have to put on new thoughts. You have to put on this new way of walking. Otherwise, I'm going to keep repeating the same things over and over and over again. You know, so that's why we come and we take communion. Because it's a reminder for us. <laughs> he said, do this in remembrance of me. This is the only way you're going to do it. It's through me. It's through you putting my mind, my ways of thinking about that person. 
You know, you're going to have to see each other with his eyes, otherwise this is not going to work. You're going to have to love even the unlovable, because that's how he loves. <laughs> he loves those that, for, in our minds, they're unlovable. He forgives the unforgivable. You know, so for us to really walk in the kingdom as a relationship, we're going to have to take this <laughs> in remembrance of what he did. It's never based on what we can do. It's not based on deserving. It's not based on being better or worse than anybody else. But it's ba only based on what he did. And the door that he opened for everyone. You know, I was thinking about that. You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people, they, they, they take the law, right? Oh, that, this is sin. It's written in the Bible. It's sin. And then, and then, they, because of that, they sit on the throne of God, the, the throne of the judge of the universe, and they start passing out judgment. You know, and, and that, you know, the church has done that for hundreds of years. You know, burning people alive, you know, and, and taking the, the place of God by putting people in, in well, you're a sinner. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, and then the, the Pharisees brought that woman caught in adultery. And Jesus said, okay, what are you going to do? Who does not have sin cast the first stone? He didn't condone her. He didn't say it was all right, her lifestyle. But he loved her and he forgave her. You know, and to me, that is... That should be part of this. <laughs> that should be part of this. You know, that we wait. Go and sin no more. Nobody judges you. I'm not going to judge you. You know, because he died already <laughs> for the sins of the whole world. You know, and we, anyways, Lord, we bless this for us. We, we drink this afresh. You know, it's like we were talking about this, the worship songs. It doesn't matter if, you know, it's like Psalms, you know, we're reading Psalms 23. People are reading Psalms 23 for thousands of years. And it is a lie. <laughs> you know, but it is how we approach. It's how we approach this communion with a freshness of heart that makes the difference. It's how I, I approach my waking up in the morning saying, good morning, Abba. Good morning. Thank you for another day. And that makes it a new and fresh day. And we approach the communion table saying, Lord, thank you for everything that you have done. Thank you that it's not based on what I am doing today, how well I did last week, <laughs> and how badly I did. But it's based only on how you did it and how you did a complete work on the cross. Amen. Amen.